Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I've been trusting God in him only. I break bread with squad members only. I done came up, holy moly. If you funny, don't approach me. I keep running around me only. Trusting God in him only. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Inside View with Doc Watson and uh, your boy Trig. Today we have a special guest with us, Lynn Lowe. Doc, why don't you, I'm going to give you the honors, man. Why don't you uh, introduce Lynn? Yeah, so Lynn is someone that uh, we started working with back in, I think, 2010. Yeah, we uh, we signed with them uh, when um, we signed to Reach. Uh, you know, I told Ben I was concerned about paying royalties and registering and how was he doing it uh and what caused that was we had an album that actually sold a lot mm. uh that we, when we started growing the redemption album and i was nervous i'm like well we're probably supposed to be paying people and i don't really know how to do that you know and I, and I've been with <laughs> you're probably supposed to be paying people <laughs> yeah well i mean you know most artists just pay people for their i mean it's getting a little better now but most of them only pay for beats right mm. pay a songwriter some money or i'll trade you some promotion but Little do they know there's actually ownerships going on there that they're not addressing. And it's because most people don't think about it or know about it or have made enough money to care about it. But then there's a time where it starts to change if you become more successful and you need people that know what they're doing to help you. So when I went to Lynn, I didn't know anything about anything at all. I'm not saying I know a lot now. I just know enough to not get in trouble. Don't get in trouble. So Lynn is someone that uh, works in music services. She's in all different asset uh, aspects of writing and publishing uh, ownerships and master as well, like syncs, everything. She does a lot. Uh, she's definitely been a great uh, partner in business and, and friendship and helping us with this stuff. And she's very fair. Uh, and she definitely fights for all she can give for us. But uh, for the artist, why this is important for you before I pass it over is uh, you can't do everything by yourself. Mm. You pay people to do what they're going to do. And you have to share in that to grow your business. Um, growth costs money. If you want to make more money, you got to pay more money. <laughs> or you just buy the water. So you have to bring people in and give them their cut so they can go work for you. And the model that music services uses is amazing. And uh, Lynn has gone from being our rep and main resource there to now being the president of the company. So she's, man, she's a... Uh, done quite a bit and she's pretty powerful so yeah. <laughs> pretty powerful humble but powerful it's those okay, things. Well, she's powerful yeah. but, uh, Doc, Doc came up with a used to when i would yell at him for not doing something the way i told him how to do it uh-huh. <laughs> he came up with the lynn low elbow term so i just started caving in like Hey, what should I do? Just whatever, whatever you think I should do, I'll do it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 
All right. Well, let me say this. Let me let me just run through Len's bio real quick, because I think it's important for you guys, um, artists who are watching and um, entrepreneurs to understand what this means. Artists and producers. Right. So Lynn joined uh, Music Services in 2008. She serves as the president of Music Services, oversees record label management of Spring Hill Records, Reach Records, Goatee, Gaither Spring House Records, Curb Records, Difference Media Group, Reflection Music Group, obviously, Clear Sight Music, Lifeway Products, World Entertainment, World Music and Church Services, and others. She also handles negotiations of all television, film, and advertising uses of songs and recordings that music services administers. Additionally, she oversees the selection, jobs assignments, and training for the company's intern program. A true music enthusiast from Southeast Georgia, Lynn moved to Nashville to pursue a career in music. She and her husband formed their own music publishing company, Lacey Morgan Music, in 1995. So she's been in this for a while, y'all. To further their own publishing writing careers, which includes multiple recordings by Kenny Chesney and others. By the way, I like Kenny Chesney. I like <laughs> yeah. Um, their personal creative journey greatly influenced her interest in sending uh, to tending to the business affairs of creative companies. That experience led her to third tier music, where she managed the publishing license activity for Keith Urban and the record label royalties for various clients, among them being Big Machine Records. So again, Lynn, thank you for joining us for this conversation. Oh, you're welcome. So let's start here. Um, why is music publishing important for artists? Well, for artists, songwriters, producers in, in this culture, um, they're not going to see their money if they don't either form a publishing company and try to do that themselves as songwriters. Um, the I tell everybody the bare minimum that you got to do from the beginning. We can't do anything for you unless you join a PRO, which is a performance rights organization. In the United States, we have three major ones, BMI, ASCAP, and CSAC. So you have to pick one of those. Um, you can form your own publishing company. A lot of independent artists do that. And we represent the ones that are um, that are doing that for themselves. Some artists um, or songwriters sign under another publishing company. But the first step is to get associated with a PRO um, in this genre of music and really all genres of music. Streaming is the way they're going to make their money anymore. And if you don't sign up, you're not going to see your streaming money from the PROs which is, you know, going to be important to you. And then if you don't have a publishing company and you don't sign up to get your streaming royalties coming in there, it really comes in two different places. So just say for, for Doc's publishing company, um, he has BMI and ASCAP companies. So we see that streaming money coming in through BMI and ASCAP, but we also see it coming in from music reports and Spotify and those from other places because it's really split um, BMI and ASCAP are paying for the performance rights and um, other places are paying for the mechanical rights of that song. So, and I can't tell you how important it is to register your songs and go back. Even if you think that um, somebody else is, you know, your, your buddy is a BMI writer, so you don't have to worry about it. You still need to go check yeah. because um, it may not be the correct splits. It may not be the correct writer's name. Um, you know, we had an instance this year where um, BMI and ASCAP use what they call IPI, which is your um, your identifier. So if you have a, a name that is similar, you know, Mike Smith, there's maybe 100 Mike Smiths at BMI or ASCAP. And if they register your song to the wrong Mike Smith, 
somebody else is going to get paid and you're not going to get your money. Just like an ISRC code is important for your song mm -hmm. and is important for your publishing company name. And it's also important for your writer name. So let's, let's take a step back. Cause that's, that's a lot in there, right? So we know doc, <laughs> I know tons of artists who record their songs yeah. with all the right intent, right? They, they work with people to make sure they got the beats that the beats are properly, um, you know, purchased that they have the really the right rights to use them. They hopefully most of them go copyright their songs, right? So they know to cover there, and then they may shoot a music video and release their song, etc. Uh, and then they may use TuneCore or something else to get it established on platforms and get it out there for streaming. And far as they're concerned, right, they have to get a gazillion streams to earn said dollar, right? So let's assume for each dollar that comes in, if they haven't set up a publishing company. Who would you guesstimate is left on the table? Oh, it's according to the streams, you yeah. know, um, what's left on the table and what level of artists there are. But I can tell you that I've seen all level of artists not register their songs or think they're registered. Um, and then they come to me and they go, well, you didn't register our song because I represented one of the record labels. I'm like, mm. we don't have any publishing on that song. So we, we have no rights to register any song that we don't have publishing on. So if Doc had, you know, just say Derek was on a song with somebody else. Well, Derek is an ASCAP writer and you know, that other person's a BMI writer. If we don't represent that BMI portion, I've got no rights to go register that song at BMI. It may get registered because we send out something called CWR, which is called, it stands for common works registration. Um, but it's, it's up to them to go make sure that the song is set up correctly and their shares are represented there. Yeah. Um, whether again, whether it's the name of the publishing company or their name. Uh, the other mistake I see that some BMI writers make, BMI will let a writer um, roll over their publishing in, um, portion into their writer share. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's good if you don't want to pay to set up a publishing company, but it's also bad if somebody's looking for you to pay you or to get a mechanical license or a sync license, which could be significant money for um, a commercial use uh, for TV or whatever, um, they don't put your contact information up for writers. They only put it up for publishers. Right. So, so I, I had an instance with another record label a couple years ago. Um, and one portion of the song, like maybe 20%, the guy had just, he didn't even have a publishing company, but he was getting major cuts. Hmm. Um, and so he just rolled his BMI money into his, or his BMI uh, shares into his writer's share. So it just so happened that somebody at the record label knew his manager, knew who his manager was, reached out, wasn't even his manager anymore. So it was probably about a $10,000 use because he didn't have his stuff registered. You know, he didn't have a publishing company set up that he um, almost called everybody that was involved in that to lose the money. And that that's what you can do. And your friends obviously won't be happy with you. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so when they start as a new artist, you know, setting up the publishing company, basically with what you just said, every time they release a new song, you have to register. So let's say I'm, I'm BMI. I've been BMI for a long time and everyone can have their, you know, uh, their own choice and, and whatever preference. But each time you have to register that song as a songwriter and as a publishing company for that song. Correct. That's right. OK. And then what would you say in terms of proportion of income? that the songwriters and publishers share represents, you know, from streaming income coming in 
How do you think about proportionality of that income? Well, in this genre of music, streaming is is the way they're making their money, period. Um, when I look at a record label that I'm paying out, um, mechanicals, which is what they sell for single downloads or full album downloads, um, I think the last time I did a comparison a few quarters ago, it was 88% stream and 11% actual sales, like people going and downloading uh, a single or an album. So that's the difference. So if you don't go um, and register your songs, you're never going to see that portion of your money. Um, because on the record label side of things, we don't pay for streaming. That streaming is coming from your PRO money and it's coming from um, music reports, Spotify and those things, which either runs through Harry Fox or um, or music reports. Yeah. And if you had to guess, what percentage of artists do you believe today do not register their songs? If you had to guess. <laughs> well, I can tell you this, that for some of the artists that I represent, I follow them on social media. And when I see that they put out a song, I will send them a message or a text. And I say, I see that you put out a song. I need those mm -hmm. song clips because, you know, it's my job to register them, but it's their job to tell me we're a team. Yes. You know, and if they don't tell me that their song is out, I don't know. And I can tell you this. So um, Harry Fox, which pays Spotify and Apple Music um, out for them. They use that as a service to pay their streaming royalties. I can see, and I had a conversation with Harry Fox a few weeks ago about this. Um, it took, it takes anywhere from six to nine months sometimes, even for a company like hmm. services that has their own representative there for them to recognize our song. So if it's taken six to nine months sometimes, and I have to, you know, go in and drop the wind low elbow as a dog would say, hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> If a writer doesn't turn in his song to me or she doesn't turn their song in to me and then it takes us, you know, six months to get it from the writer and then another six months to get it recognized. And then Harry Fox tells me that it's going to take me at least two more months to get the Spotify money right. um, showing up. So it's important that the songwriter, even if you have a representative, is turning in their music. Got and it. terrible about that. You know, I was yeah. telling Doc before, it reminds me of the state achievement, right? Because if no one's registered if they haven't registered the songs right what happens to that supposed money that's supposed to be paid out for those songs i mean eventually i mean they'll hold on to it for a few years but eventually um you know they say they'll just spread it out um in a black you know it goes into a black box and mm -hmm. then you may lose your money after five years if you don't get it done okay and, i mean and I've, I've had songwriters here's another thing i want to say if you move update your address. The best place you can update your address is at your PRO. So whether it's ASCAP, BMI, or CSAC, um, I can't tell you the number of times that we've held on to money and we can't find somebody. They won't answer their email when we have royalties for them here. Um, and it's just because they've moved and they've not updated their address. Now we can't use the address at BMI or ASCAP, but if they're not given um, even an email address that somebody can reach out and find them, right. then there could be money held off. I mean, I had a guy and this is not in this genre of music, but, um, and he, he wrote on a song from, I don't know, the set seventies down in Muscle Shoals. And he was like, they've never paid me my money. How am I going to get my money? And I mm. said, well, do they know where you're at? And this was like one of the big publishers, Sony or 
EMI or something at the time. And he goes, I don't know. And so I had a friend there in New York. And so I called him and they're like, I can't tell you exactly how money, how much money it is, but it was thousands of dollars. And he simply had never given him a, a W-9. That's why he had never been paid because he did not give him a W-9. Yeah. And a lot of times that's all it is, is um, for me, if I see that we owe somebody over a thousand dollars, I'm looking for them. I want to pay a songwriter. I'm married to a songwriter. My son's a songwriter. So um I have a heart for that, but a lot of people, it's just a job to them and they don't care. And it's, it's, it's really your place, but I instill that in my staff that, you know, this is how these people pay their bills. This is how yeah. they feed their families. So they may not know that they need to send us a W nine. So we have one person here at the office that gets all the returned mail and she will reach out. And I can't tell you, um, sometimes hmm. reaches out four or five times and then they just won't respond. And we have a check for them, you know, I'm, I'm betting a lot of folks are going, okay, Lynn, I want to work with you. We'll, we'll come to that later. <laughs> what clientele you accept or not? Um, I can see that I can see that question coming. I think what's important too, like for artists to understand this and this. So this so, so some artists they're gonna hear this and just go, okay, I should register, you know, my stuff. But they don't understand like if you're if you have a, a vision to be an artist long term, um as you like right now you're probably dropping a lot of music if you're at the beginning stages of your career you're trying to flood the market you're trying to gain momentum maybe maybe you haven't really researched all the ways to do it but down the road your publishing becomes your ally and everything like your ownerships uh you know if you're on your own and you're building 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 at one at some point you start to realize okay i need to make these songs count and then you start looking at the bigger picture on how these songs can work for you and uh you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and a lot of things that go on behind the scenes with music administration is big. Like, you know, there's some sync companies that rather work with independence over everybody else, just easier. Matter of fact, almost all of them that I've ever talked to. And one of the things though that really bothers them uh, is that stuff isn't registered. Yeah. You know, so they'll they'll pay you, but then there's like, there's money on the other end of that. There's like, a, I don't know how many, like at least, 11 to it's like 11 to 17 different royalties. I can't remember all the different ones. There's a whole bunch. I, I don't remember the exact number. Those two numbers come to mind when I think about royalties. And it's just, if you're looking at being a long-term artist, you have to start considering uh, what you're losing when you don't register music. And you definitely should open a pub company, regardless yeah. of BMI or not. Some people think, well, BMI doesn't matter, but then you still need to have a pub company. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I mean, um, What's the percentage that they collect or that the PROs are collecting off of these streams for like YouTube, Spotify, Apple? I don't know what the percentage is. Um, there is a percent per stream, right? Like they would call I know, yes, yes. It's usually like 15 to 17 percent. So okay. that's what the, the song is getting paid. You get more on the master side. The record labels get more. And then, you know, that's paid out whether if you're a producer, you know, you're going to get master income. Or if you're an artist, you're going to get that master income. Um but on the publishing side, it is paid out through your PRO and through, you know, the other streaming royalties. It's not coming from the record label. So don't look for it there. The other thing that we were talking about earlier is um, before we went live is your publishing company is um, or your songs are an asset, just like your your home is an asset or your car is an asset. And if you build your publishing catalog, um, you can borrow money against it. You can sell it one day. There are companies all over Nashville, New York, LA, wherever buying um, publishing companies. 
Um, mm -hmm. So the more value you have in your company, obviously, you know, it gets sold in multiples, the more money you make in the future. Yeah. So doc, when you, when you partnered up with Lynn, <clears throat> you said it was at the, at the time you had began, uh, began working with breach, correct? And yeah. you guys had already had a few releases before that you had, um, Kingston's release. You had Derek, uh, Derek yeah. joint, right. When he was working on the pro. Yeah. Um, so did you go back? Had you already done? Well, let me ask the question a different way. Had you already registered those songs appropriately? No. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah. went back. That's actually, yeah, that actually created a lot of issues down the road, but, uh, you know, PRO stuff is hard to understand. There's right. If you're an artist, you made mistakes. That's just normal. Everyone does. Like sure. music industry is very complicated. There's a lot of different pieces. That's why you can't do it by yourself. Like mm -hmm. you can't keep up with royalties. You can't keep up with the changes. Trust yeah. me. And you're leaving money on the table if you try to. I mean, I always like you know, I'm not an artist manager. I'm not a marketing person. Um, and you know, for me, it's stay in your lane. You mm -hmm. know, I may have some advice, uh, but it's minimal. I would never try to market anybody or do anything or radio promotion. None of that. That's not my thing, but publishing, uh, record label royalties, that is my thing. So yeah, can't do it. Mm -hmm. It's always going to be ahead of the game. You know, all I can do is hope to keep up, you know, with what she's like, at least, uh, I try to understand the greater big picture. Like, right. You know, that's the stuff that I can keep uh, my head wrapped around. So like, what we did though is we went back and paid um, back royalties. Uh, one thing that happened was Lynn was like, well, what do you want to do, back pay? I'm like, back pay? No, nobody expects to make money. <laughs> See, that's the big red in you. I worry about that, man. And she was, down, she was like, uh, well, that's kind of what, you know, that's going to be your first reaction at first because you're like, well, we've already paid all these guys, you know? Yeah. Um, but then she was like, okay, we'll just sign this waiver clause so we're not held responsible for what you I'm like, whoa, 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 wait. Responsibility clauses. Okay, let's let's yeah. back. <laughs> let's talk about this now, right? Yeah, I mean, but you know, we we just I was wrapping my head around with that man. It wasn't like I didn't want to pay people, but uh I thought we had already taken care of it. I didn't understand what she was saying at first. And then when I started to realize what that would mean long term or what that would what what kind of risk that would put against us, which is better to take care of it, you know? So, um, and then, you know, also we registered everything going back. It was a lot of work. And then there's forms you got to fill out as a label. It's not all on music services. Like you have to give them information. A lot of artists want to create these complicated songs and then be like, here, you figure it out. It's like, no, mm -hmm. you did that. You figure it out. What, who's doing what? I don't know who wrote what in the studio, you know? So like, I, I don't know mm -hmm. if, you let this dude sing a hook and now you're not paying. I don't know what you're doing. You know, you got you got to let me know what's going on and then we'll register. Then there's a way to fill it out properly. It took me like three years to understand what I was doing wrong. Really because then we'll just be like, she would be like, all right, I'll just do this. You know, that's what he's doing. But uh, no, man, it's, it's, uh, it's not that complicated, though, as far as giving the information once you figure it out. Yeah. No, and we so, always, you know, if, um, I think Derek had something not too long ago with somebody over at another um, publishing company and they sent it over to us and I never just go, Oh, okay, well he's got 15% or 20%. I always send it to the songwriter and say, did you agree to this rate mm -hmm. you know, or this percentage? Because I don't, just like he was saying, I don't know what 
what Derek did in the studio and what part of the song he wrote. So I want to make sure that whoever the client is, that that's what they agreed um, to before I sign off on anything. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I learned from Lynn that it's best to let the artists tell you what they want. Like uh, not just guess what they want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're cool with like 15%. That makes sense. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I'm never right when I guess when it comes to those splits. So it's, it just sucks because it takes more time. Yeah. You know, get a hold of them, but that's why managers are important and teams are important. That goes into a whole other conversation. But, um, but yeah, man, it's, it's like uh, manufacturing. Check, check twice, cut once, right? <clears throat> this episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. So so back to the concept we were talking about, too, of treating songs like intellectual property, right? So to fully monetize it, one of the things that has almost become like, you know, fashionable lately is a discussion around licensing, right? How to get your music out there licensed uh, and so many different uh, terminologies being used, sync licenses, master licenses, so on and so forth. Can you like do the Lynn, the, the 101 version of licensing, if you will, in terms of helping people understand when we say to license your music? what that truly means. Well, from the very beginning, um, if Reflection Music Group puts out uh, a record and there's an outside publisher involved, then a mechanical or a DP and a DVD license. If there's a physical product, it's called a mechanical license. So if there's a physical CD that's going to be made um, and that's just paid at the statutory rate, which is 9.1 cents right now in the United States, um, for up to five minutes. Don't ever go over five minutes because um, you're going to pay more money. And then, um, or, and, and a DPD license, which is the digital um, phonograph delivery license. Um, and that's, you know, for the single download on iTunes or whatever platform for the single and the album, mm-hmm. which we use the ISRC code for and the UPC code. Um, yeah. get those types of licenses. So that's your basic license. Um, and then a sync license is anything that is syncing the music with a video. So that could be a television commercial. It could be something that somebody's putting on YouTube as a as a commercial. Um, could be so many different things. Could be something in a movie. Um, you know, and those it's according to what the budget is for the movie, how big the song is. Um, you know, and how much of the song they're going to use, and how many times they're using it. That's all negotiated. Right. Um, so nobody can use your song in a movie or a television show or commercial um, with a sync license without everybody that's on that song um, without their permission. And that's what I was saying earlier. There was one person that had like 10 percent of the song, like he came in and wrapped a bridge on another record label and nobody could get a hold of him for a little bit. And sometimes when these sync companies come or when the music supervisors come, they need an answer that day or within like a 12 hour window. And if we can't get in touch with that, somebody, um, if you don't have your stuff registered or where somebody can get in touch with you, then you could lose the use for everybody. And you're talking about if it's a $10,000 use on the master side and a $10,000 use on the song side, well, if you have 20%, that's $2,000 for you, but it's $18,000 for everybody else involved. Right. Too. 
Right. So, um, you know, and in today's market, everybody's looking for the sink uses because that's a good amount of money at one time. Yeah. Now, it's not be careful who you write with, right? Like a lot of guys just run the studio and they just go to work and, and they're not, you're, you're maybe dealing with someone who is difficult to work with down the road, doesn't get it, they don't respond or they overvalue their portion. Like, and I've seen, like, just on my level, I've seen a ton of scenarios where people have gotten involved and, in, 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 man, I, I don't want to get too deep into it, but someone that's got 5% right. on a song could literally mess up everybody. Not even lying. Right. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> the craziest thing, bro. And, you know, it's, it's, our artists don't have anybody in the studio that's not writing the song. Gotcha. I'm telling you right now. Sometimes even writers don't understand, and our artists don't understand that just because somebody comes in and sings background vocals doesn't mean that they're, they're part of the songwriting process. Mm. Unless they actually wrote some lyrics or wrote some music, they don't get songwriting credit. Right. And I've seen that happen in the past where somebody thought, oh, well, they came in the studio, you know, they were a musician. Okay, well, did you you paid them for that. That's a work for hire. That's not part of the song. You don't want right. to just give out your song writing portions because one, when you have 10 songwriters on one song, you know, that waters down the amount of money everybody makes. And then why? You know? No, that's good. So then in terms of, you know, landing those sync license deals, right? Because the mechanicals and the DPD happen naturally as a part of the release process as you're getting streams or the uh, the music being sold, right? So there's no additional work to be done outside of executing a great marketing plan. But in terms of actually landing sync licensing deals, what's your advice? Because every artist wants that. Every artist wants to get, uh, you know, and, and, and Doc, maybe you can pine, uh, jump in on this too. You guys have had some great fortune in landing some... Uh, some of your songs in different uh, movies or, or television pieces, so on and so forth. I'd love to hear from both of you. How's that work? How's it work? Well, let me say it this way. How's it work? Well, what's the advice? Well, I'll let well, first and then I'll follow up. With what it <laughs> we as a company do not act, act actively pitch for, okay. anybody, for any sync use. It, it just kind of falls in our lap or, um, we do have a sync company that we're working with now, um, but it's very new. So we really haven't seen anything happen. We are using reflections um, catalog as part of that because we want um, when in a sync world, uh, a term they use all the time is all in. Okay. So when they come or one stop shop, when they come, they want, if they're in a hurry, they want to be, they want to know that they can get everything they need in a short amount of time. So um, if we have the master and if we have the song, um, the publishing on the song, mm -hmm. we represent all the publishing. We can agree to sometimes a cheaper number um, that fits their budget better and that they'll use the song. Um, I have another company that I work with and they um, just, they do a lot of covers from old standards and literally music supervisors when they need um, at last, you know, something like that um, by Etta James, they have to pay for the song, but they can't afford to pay for the master. So they'll come and they'll listen. They'll go to iTunes and literally listen to all the different masters mm. until they find one that they like. And then they'll send us a request. Okay. And um, if they use one of our masters and for that, um, you know, for those type of uses, I can never go with the publishing on a great standard song because they're literally making probably six figures 
in movies um, uh-huh. and that kind of thing for for those types of licenses. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, and I'm happy to get my twenty five thousand if they'll pay us that. Right. You know, because it's found money for those labels um, and for those artists. And same thing, you know. Usually you go MFN, which means most favored nations on all sides. But sometimes that doesn't happen um, because the song may be way more popular than the master is. Or there's, you know, a thousand um, different versions of New York, New York, and you're Mm -hmm. having to pick your version. So whatever they offer is what you take. Okay. Because they can move to the next one. You don't want to get like a, I wouldn't. I'm trying to get better at negotiating as far as I'm, I'm naturally a giver, right? Uh, I'm not a very greedy person. So like, uh, I'm trying to learn how to negotiate where things are fair, but to do that, you have to understand the full scope of it. That's why a lot of people get mad about record deals because they don't necessarily understand music and they sign away everything. I realize now when you're a young artist, you don't have a lot of leverage. Everything is growth for you and you got time to build that out. This, company is building you from zero. That's a different conversation. But as you grow in your career, uh, you should never sign a deal when you're losing ownership, you know, when you've got something to offer. And I think in sync, what makes it tough is a sync is not just the same across the board everywhere. Like there's cable TV, network TV, commercials, someone wanting to use your song in a YouTube video with 200 views. Like the best way to deal with that is get administration at least and have somebody that knows what they're doing, that will keep a, you know, a good, you know, a good clean combo around that. Like that understands that, oh, just pay this for that because you're only going to use it on your YouTube videos, and it becomes more of a repetitive use situation. Or you know, you wouldn't offer that person the same thing for a blockbuster movie. If I'm going to be on, you know, Avengers, right? I want to know what's going to happen there. Like you know, what I'm saying like. Mm-hmm. How are we getting here? Are we, or is it, you know, are you going to give us visibility? Or then there's the video games, you know. So, you know, syncs look great, and a lot of people try to correlate them with the music, but uh, it's not a big deal all the time. Like, it depends on what kind of sync you're getting, and you know, some of them don't want to give you visibility. Uh, it's called a what's it called, a Kyber box or something like that. I can't remember the name of it, but they uh, they don't want to do that, they just want to pay you for it, they'll use it. It's sustainable at best, you know. So there's just a lot of different things, man. It could be, we've gotten 500 bucks. And I, think, I think our biggest one has been like 15 grand for us. Gotcha. But there's bigger. Lens, Lens dealt some bigger deals out there. <laughs> the other thing too is, you know, um, sometimes you take a little less in a sink use because the exposure is going to make you, sometimes mm-hmm. you even do it for free because the exposure on a, an SEC tournament championship um even if you did it for free or a thousand dollars or whatever, that's going to bring more people to your music. Right. And you're going to sell more records. I would take them all. Like that's marketing or money or both. Right. It wouldn't really make a, a lot of sense, you know, to turn anything down. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Well, there was a time when we had a, um, a theme song on um, a show on MTV and from the time that that show came out and the theme song came out, yeah. Uh, the next month in, in single downloads went up $30,000 the next month in single downloads of that song, just from wow. being the theme song mm. of that television show. Yeah. No, you can see that. I mean, it's exposure, right? It's marketing. You don't have to pay for. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, everybody, if they like the song, there's, 
you know, I don't even know how many apps there are that can tell you what the song is, even if it doesn't, yeah. you know. What's up? Shazam, yeah. Income, man, like, you know, it's another way to get paid that's not out there outside of music, so it's another great. And, and, and include in your sync use, you also get performance money for that, too. So you'll see that according to when the show mm -hmm. is on TV or when the commercial is on TV, you'll see that on your performance rights organization statements um, when they come out, whether it's, you know, a commercial or on a television program. Yeah. Yeah. So, Doc, when do you um, when do you need to engage someone like Lynn and Music Services? Right. If you're if you're an individual artist, let's say you drop your first album. Is it reasonable to think you can manage all this yourself in terms of doing your BMI or ASCAP registration, registering your songs yeah. and keeping track of it, working with somebody to try to pitch to get your sync licenses and all that stuff? When when do you when's that inflection point? It's kind of what we talked about before in terms well, of kinda, those partnerships. It kind of reminds me of management, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, not that they're the same, but people always ask, what should I get a manager? And I've met managers and I've been like, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they just get in the way of the process, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I think for Lynn, you know, it, first of all, I think before I say that, it'd be more fair to say this. Like, you have to create value for your business partners, right? So it has to be worth it for them because they've got a lot of other clients and, you know, they're, they're, there's a lot of money being made out there, but they're always interested in, in new growth, new opportunities, just like anybody else. But as an artist, you know, you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself and create too many barriers. Like in the beginning, just make great music and market it and at least register your music, right? At least that. But then from there, and then please follow up with this and, and like chime in on something you might, I might miss or be wrong about. But at least to me, when you're just starting out, you know, you can kind of cross your I's and dot your T's. Oh wait, dot your I's and cross your T's. <laughs> uh, uh, I do that all the time. I always mess that one up. <laughs> but uh, anyways, though, uh, but no, man, like you want to make sure you have things set up appropriately where it's not like you're not going to make money off of what you're doing. Remember, it's 15% roughly of the revenue. So if you're producing and writing, you're missing out on money. that could You could have a single that could just go and get mm -hmm. a million, million streams and you just lost all that money on the pub spot, especially if you're an ASCAP because they don't pay you unless you have a pub company there. For your pub, um, they'll pay your riders, not your pub. So, I think get it ready, make get it to where you're making revenue. And when you start getting hit up for things, and these things start happening, that's when it's good to have representation or someone that knows how to deal with that, right? Uh, because it makes you easier to work with. Uh, it makes you easier to deal with for them. So they, when when um when I started telling people, hey, music services handles that, like, oh, okay, because they know, them. or they hear admin and they're like, cool. Well, they get a little nervous when you start talking pub company, like. Because they're like, oh, yellow tape. You know, they don't know what that means. Um, but an admin situation is a little different where they get paid to for a portion of your pub collection, um, but they're going out and they're handling the contracts and negotiations. Like, I can't write a sync deal. I don't know how that looks. And some of them are getting where they just want you to write it. They're like, hey, write it. Send it to us. Uh, in the beginning, I was getting in where they would send it and say, here's our deal. Well, they had a standardized deal, but... You know, I, I don't want to write sync deals. I, don't, I wouldn't even know. There's like a thousand different ways to write those things. I don't mm -hmm. So I think create value, become valuable uh, enough to, to take it up a notch. And then you go sign a deal with someone that can handle your publishing administration. So we actually opened RMG Publishing. We didn't announce it, I guess. This is the announcement with music services to 
uh, bring them in under us because uh, there's been more and more artists that have been trying to find a place to go to get help, but they weren't quite big enough yet, but they're on the horizon, and I know that. Right. We've been signing them under us because we're already there, and Lynn agreed to bring them in and start working with them. Oh, nice. You know, so it's just there's that'll help them grow too, you know. And were you pitching to or mostly the really man help of managing administration? Well, we just we're handling the administration. We're, okay. we're putting it together, turning it into music services, and they're doing all the sound exchange and okay. uh, you know, PRO registrations. And they have if something comes in, they'll negotiate. We had one last year, uh, this is kind of what started. We had Mission got a, got an opportunity to do the Sacramento Kings uh, fight song for the year. Mm. Uh, he brought it to me, and I'm like, bro, you should be getting paid for this. Mm. You know, so figure this out. And Lynn ended up kind of negotiating that and handling that. It worked out good for him. They looked out for him. Um, you know, and that's the key. Like, an artist may not know. I mean, I don't even know, like, the potential something can have. I don't have a, a pulse on every single thing that happens, you know, sync-wise, or what's the sure. appropriate measure for this stuff, whereas... Lynn kind of has more of an idea of the day to day on that stuff. She knows if something is, you know, coming in looking a little, uh, looking a little funny. <laughs> you know, what yeah. do you think, Lynn? Am I miss anything there? What, how does no, it you know, I'll say that you know sometimes the a music supervisor or you know a company will take advantage of a young artist that doesn't mm-hmm. know what they're doing. You know, we we always, you know know where we want to land and I'll always talk to my client and say, you know, I'd like to land at $15,000. So I'm never going to go in at $15,000 to start with, you know, because if you go in at $15,000, you're going to get 10, you know? So, you know, there's the negotiation process. Now, if somebody tells me, you know, this is it and this is all I got, um, you know, I always talk to the client and say, do you want to lose the use? They're telling me this is all they've got. And, um, you know, I never want my client to have to be the the bad cop, I guess. So yeah. I try to do that for them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we had a, a great sync use come last week um, for a commercial um, for one of my clients and for the new Reflection Music Group, um, RMG Publishing that he was talking about. And, um, you know, that you just never know when it's going to happen. Um, and, and literally got a text at nine 30 on Sunday night <laughs> and they needed an answer by 10 o'clock Monday morning. Mm. And, you know, it was just everybody that worked on it had everybody's phone number. So, you know, right. just happened, but that didn't always happen. But there was a couple of guys on that same song that um, I'm like, I think one of the other guys had to reach out to because we didn't have their contact information. Gotcha. You know, so. Yeah, this, this is good. I think I think I think um, you know this this whole concept again of uh, paradigm shift, right? If if artists can see their songs as a catalog and intellectual property, uh, that in and of itself is like a huge win, right? Because you think of it differently. You think of it like an asset and protecting it like an asset. And assets in and of themselves should uh, should grow, right? One of the best statements I heard. I forget who it was. It wasn't Warren Buffett. It was someone else. He said, you know. It's harder to turn a hundred dollars into a hundred and ten dollars. Much easier to turn a million, a hundred million into a hundred and ten million, right? Because a hundred million you can put in the right place, and it just grows, right? The interest works like crazy. Hundred, you just keep spending it and doing it. And if artists thought of their catalogs that way, you know, what I mean, instead of you know just pumping songs and working a song versus you're building this catalog, 
in this portfolio. You know what I mean? Th there could be a lot of goodness out of that. Would you guys right. agree with that? Yeah, I do agree with that. And also, you know, paperwork. <laughs> I want to say that, especially oh. for this genre. Yeah. You know, and I have an artist that I sometimes I'm like, I, I really wish you would get some paperwork done because mm. something's going to happen with one of these big sync uses and you have a featured artist on there. And, you know, if you don't have the paperwork saying that they were a work for hire and that you've paid them all you're going to pay them, then just say you got a $20,000 sync use or, you know, $50,000 sync use. And then that was your buddy before, but now they're mad at you. Right. And, you know, what's the right thing to do. If you have all your paperwork laid out, it spells it out. Who's going to get what percent, no matter how mm -hmm. much money it is. Um, and that's the same thing on the song side and the master side. And I think a lot of times um, guys and girls starting out, don't understand the difference between the master and the song. Um, and so, you know, like you said earlier, they'll go to TuneCore or DistroKid or whatever and put their songs up, but that's just taking care of the master side. That's mm -hmm. not taking care of the publishing side. Right. So young artists and songwriters, period, need to understand that there are two sides to the to the copyright. There's the master and then there's the song. Yeah. Um, and both of them can be registered at the copyright office um, as a sound recording and then as the as the composition. Right. And if you don't do that second side, please, if you take nothing away from this conversation, if you don't do that second side, your money will be distributed to a mass group of people. At some point. <laughs> <laughs> and really, I mean, a lot of people right now are not registering their songs at the copyright office because it costs so much money to do. I think it's sixty five dollars a song now to do that. But at minimum, you can do it at the PROs and that costs you nothing as long as you're signed up. You know. Are you yeah. serious? What did yes. you say? Are you serious in terms of people not doing the copyrights? Yes. Um, even big companies, you can register your songs under a collection if mm -hmm. all the songwriters are the same. Yeah. But if you have in, in this genre, it's hard to have all the same songwriters on right. every single song. Right. Now you can register an album, you know, the sound recording under one SR form for the 60, I think it's $65. Mm -hmm. but, um, they just raised it. I know this year, Got it. but if not, it's $65 a song. Um, so if you're going to sell your catalog or, or if you're going to borrow money, you have to have that done. Um, you know, so that part of it, you know, once you start making some money, it may be, you know, more important to you to do that. But uh, there's a lot of people that don't do it um, just because it, it's, it's expensive. Cost prohibitive, yeah. And 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 do you think that's a lot of it? What a lot, what a lot of this paperwork and and whatnot that's happening is that uh, it's viewed as cost prohibitive. I, I mean, I think that is for sure. And I think some of it. I mean, I know Doc and I talked to. Uh, I don't remember what artist it is, and I don't want to say their name anyway. But you know, and he didn't have his publishing company set up, and so I broke it down with him how much it costs to set it up. Um, you know, at the PROs because they can set up their publishing company as a DBA doing business as and use their own social security number. Right. You don't have to go set up a corporation or an LLC to okay. have your publishing company set up. But one thing I do want to say to any songwriter, please, when you, when you, when you name your publishing company, they give you five choices. So, you know, you can name it, whatever your name is music or whatever your name is publishing. Um, we like for you to be a little bit creative because it's fun for us. But <laughs> don't don't run your don't run your word together because that makes it harder for somebody to find. Mm. Um, so if you have just say it was Reflection Music Group Publishing, all one word, 
you have to type all that in before it, the search engine at ASCAP or BMI would find that. Instead, if you had reflection, music, group, publishing. So if you put in reflection, you're going to find that pop up, even if that's the only word you knew. But if you run it all together, then nobody may not be able to find your publishing company information. Yeah. I mean, I think it's worth taking. I've been down this road before, so I can relate to artists a little bit that I think all of us do this. When you're when you when your head is in a space to do that stuff and it's not normally in that space, you just want to get it done. Right. And sometimes what people will do is they'll uh, this is because I think it's gonna sound funny, but I think because of gamer tags, like all the gamer tags are taken, so they'll spell it like that. I'm seeing probably companies spell like gamer tags, you know what I'm like. Oh, so you saw that it was taken. I think I think ASCAP's more like right now you can do it instant, where BMI is more you got to send it in, and they'll tell you if uh, if it's available or not. Um, and they've always been that way because even when you had to do writers, it was the same way. And they're but, not just checking with within their company; they're checking with publishing companies around the world because right. they don't want that same name coming up at any PRO from any country. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the more writers, the harder it gets. You know, so. Uh, to stand apart, but the thing is, man, is it's something I've and it took me a while to just cave. I mean, I always knew it, it took me a while to cave in on it. It's better to take a day or two to figure out everything and get things right or be creative than do something crazy and pay for it the rest of your life. Yeah. You know like, and I'll say, as a writer, if you're just registering yourself at the PRO, if you have a very common name, mm-hmm. Lindler, you know, use your middle name. Use your um, middle initial at least. Set yeah. yourself aside from another writer. You know, we talked about the IPI number, which is your identifier. That's what you should always use. But once you start getting songs registered and people know that you're whatever your middle name is, I don't want to say anybody's middle name in case they don't want me to say it. But um, anyway, you know, use your middle initial, use your middle name, use something. So, that they can identify that that's who that is. Um, And I will say also what we've seen lately is even at the PROs, if somebody goes in another publisher and they register a song, and if you have a co-pub deal, just say like Johnson and Makish, um, and one of their guys has a co-pub deal, get the Canon music. Um, So if somebody comes in and they do a, a forward slash between those two publishing companies, then um, ASCAP doesn't recognize that publishing company because it has no IPI. So then I have to go back in and send an inquiry to ASCAP and say, here's the real song. We registered it. Can you please merge these two songs? Mm. So you always have to be going back and looking at your catalog because if another publisher registered it and you registered it, sometimes they have the wrong registration linked to the artist recording and you're not getting paid because you're not linked to the one with the artist recording on it. Gotcha. So setup is everything. Mm-hmm. It's not just, oh yeah, it's there. Click on it. Look at the percentages. Make sure if you have, if you have your song recorded, that that artist is showing up yeah. on the song that you registered with your correct percentages. Yeah. At PRO. This is good. Well, as we wrap up, um, I'm just going to recap some of the things I heard you both saying. Please jump in if I missed anything. One, set up your, P- your publishing company from the onset. When you get started, Take the time to set up a PRO, ASCAP, CSAC, BMI. Uh, pick one. Um, you can look at them. They're all online. You can figure out your preferences to register each and every song uh, to make sure you're getting paid. 
uh treat make sure you get all the splits registered so on and so forth all those people featured don't be like doc watson and try not to pay anyone their royalties and whatnot <laughs> um three um conception figure out the inflection point you know at some point you may need some someone like music services right as you're continuing to grow uh your your company your label etc because again uh they're not just songs they're intellectual property and um you're going to look at things and reconcile over time too to make sure you're getting paid so look at your uh your percentages your splits and all those things that uh lynn talked about anything i miss one more thing i want to say that i didn't think about until you were recapping is if you're a bmi writer you can't have an ascap publishing company i've seen oh, that happen uh -huh. more than once so if you're a bmi writer your publishing company has to be a bmi publishing company if you're an ascap writer your publishing company has to be an ascap publishing company same thing with csac Got so it. I've had several artists who forgot that they registered at a PRO, you know, five years ago or whatever, and then went and set up a, an ASCAP publishing company. And then everything was messed up because mm. if you're BMI writer, it's a BMI publishing company. You can't, you know, didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to leave, you have to, I don't even know how ASCAP does it, I'm sure it's the same, but you have to request, to be released at the window. I don't know if people wait to put the really? yeah, There's only a certain time frame you can do it. And you okay. have to, you know, most of the time, I think people forget, you know, when their time frame is, when they can be let go. Um, and it's it's a hassle to move from one to the other, but um, it happens. Gotcha. Yeah. And just, I mean, they, and they switch all the time. They, one does this, then it changes to this. Like it's, it's hard, as far as like the royalty rates and different things they do, it's just better to pick one and to stick with it. You know, like at the end of the day, man, they, uh, it's a lot of work to move your catalog around. Mm -hmm. A lot and of sometimes, work. Sometimes writers will move themselves and leave their back catalog at the other PRO. And that's what you see mostly. I mean, unless you're, um, you have people that will move, help you move it, you know, a person's a songwriter's not normally going to move all their catalog back. They just switch PROs and then they start from that point going forward. The go forward catalog would be at ASCAP if they were BMI catalog, a BMI writer. Gotcha. Good deal. Well, hey, thanks again, Lynn Lowe, for joining us for Music Services. Big Doc Watson, intrigued with you guys for the inside view. Another episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you learned something. See you guys soon. Thanks. All right. Comprehend who you dealing with. I used to pack green in a Philly.